listening to episode 190 of Shades Midweek. This is a podcast where we talk about theology, culture, and all things Shades. We are recording this in Three Stream Studio here in West Homewood on a uh, very nice Wednesday morning. Quite cold outside, I might add, (laughs) uh, as it has been for the last few days here in early January. And I am John Mark DeRoe, and I'm joined as usual by... Uh, Pastor Jonathan Hafes, and we are absent one Brad Brown today. He is sick and at home. He yeah. has uh, he has no voice, which is usually <laughs> not uh, a great combination if you're trying to record a podcast. Not very have, conducive. Not very conducive. So, no, but I mean, he's not the only one under the weather, man. Yeah, everybody is. Yeah. Everybody is. I mean, my my household, man, they keep dropping like flies. Mm. Uh, Holly, I felt so bad this morning as I was leaving. She's like, "I'm just done with sickness." Yeah, I'm like, it, "Yes, we we all it's uh, all it's are the most wonderful time of the year." <laughs> is the song, dude? It's it's states. only getting colder. <laughs> um, Holly told me that there there's some coming up days where like the high is in the low 30s like the high yeah next week supposedly is going to be really brutal where we've got some lows in the teens we're gonna get some snow which is always that's probably not it never happens for some reason it never all comes together it's like we don't get the precipitation unless it's not cold enough to be freezing, yes. but just borderline so that it's the most it's, miserable rain you can experience. Yeah, it's like, hey, it's going to be 35. Uh, there's going to be a nice, you know, you love it when spans like, it's going to be a wintry mix, a.k.a. Uh, just lots of nasty rain. Uh, <laughs> oh, my word. Uh, but uh, that's where we're at today. Man, some uh, fun things happening at Shades coming up that we wanted to mention before we move forward here. We have our annual uh, meeting coming up on Sunday, January 28th, immediately following the service. You want to talk about the meeting, Jonathan, what it is for those who don't know? Yeah, if you're a member of Shades Valley Community Church, then please plan to to be there. So this is the meeting each year where we affirm uh, new elders. Uh, It's also the meeting where uh, we go over the budget. So we'll have all the specifics from what last year's budget ended up looking like and the, all of the projections for this year's budget. And we can right. walk through all of that. And it's a, it's an opportunity to have questions answered. If you have any of those uh, concerning the budget and things of that nature. Um, but yeah, those are the primary things we, we do. If you're, if you're not a member of shades Valley, um, you can still come. Right. Um, <laughs> you can't vote, um, right. but you can come. Uh, but interestingly, if you're not a member of shades Valley and you are, uh, thinking about it or would like to know what next steps are, that leads into our next announcement. What a great, great segue. That's yeah, right, Jonathan. That's what I'm here for. I'm a professional. We do a membership class a couple of times a year, and we've got one on the books scheduled for the very next Sunday after the annual meeting, which I believe is February 4th. And that uh, membership class we call the Roots Seminar, okay? And this is going to be happening after the service on February 4th. We do it upstairs in the conference room, and it's really just a time if if you have any questions about what membership looks like at Shades Valley. Maybe you'd like to know more about the denomination that we're a part of or how how our elders are structured or deacons and deaconesses. You can come to this meeting. It's very informative. It's a place where you can ask questions and uh, just find out more about what becoming a member uh, at Shades Valley looks like. Yeah, it's not it's not a high-pressured situation. This right. isn't like a timeshare deal. It's not like we get to the end and we're like, now everyone sign on the dotted line now to be That's a right. member. Um, it's it's really just that that next step. But if you are interested in pursuing membership, like it it's uh it is a place to find out what that looks like, you know as as well. Yeah. Uh, do us a huge favor if you want to come to that, please register for it. You want to tell people how to register, John Mark? Yeah, you can register through the fancy church center app that we have. Um, if you don't have the app, you can also u- do it on a web browser, but the app is very easy to use. You just go to registration events and it's going to be right there. It's Roots Seminar. You can register. If you have children, don't worry. We will have child care provided as long as you let us know in advance and you can do so while you're signing up on Church Center. There will be a lunch provided and child care for both of the events that we've mentioned 
We don't know what the lunch option will be for the annual meeting. More than likely for the Roots Seminar, it's going to be a pizza lunch that's provided for everyone that attends. So more information on the lunch for the annual meeting uh, to be released soon. But child care for both of those as well. Yeah. And that's the that's the big reason we really need people to register for the Roots Seminar so we can get an accurate number for how much food we need and uh, also be able to have the right amount of child care workers and things of that nature. So is there anything yeah. else going on? Trying to think. I think that may be it for now. That may be it for now. I, I will say, if you are a member and you've never been to the annual meeting, uh, I highly advise it because, as Jonathan mentioned earlier, this is where you get to use your voting power. <laughs> so if, if you want to, it's one of the fun things about becoming a member of Shades. You get to vote for the elders. Oh, and in a multitude <laughs> of ways, you get to exercise your vocal voting power. Because right. we, we vote for the budget via uh, a vocal vote, yeah, and then you get to uh, do your secret anonymous ballot power as well because that's how we do the the elder affirmation. So yeah. we haven't had any dramatic voting finishes so far. Everyone's pretty much been anonymously voted yes throughout the years, but you never know what could happen. Uh, I mean, well, Chris Cargile is yep. uh, who is currently serving as an elder. He's up to be affirmed for a second term. That's right, and I think that could be a contentious vote oh, wow. right there. Uh-huh. I mean, after his three years and all right. he's done. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, the other person that has been nominated is David Reese. We've mentioned that before on a previous podcast. He actually came in and did a meet a member with us last month. So if you don't know David and you want to know more about him or Chris, uh, you can search our previous episodes. We did meet a members with both of them, and you can find out more about their story there. I do think, uh, let me let everybody know for David, he's not as young as he looks. I think if there's ever controversy over new elders being put forward, it's it's always an age thing. Are they too young? Right. Need I remind you I was 28. When, sure. when I became the senior pastor. Sure. Um, everything's not dependent on physical age. But uh, David is not uh, 19 <laughs> like he looks. Um, and neither is Grant Primo, who eternally looks right. like he's 20. Yes. You know, Grant's, Grant's almost my age. We have a young-looking elder board aside from Jeff Stallcup, who just carries that strong yeah. beard with Well, I him. mean, even Matt Theus. Matt, yeah. I think Matt's older than Jeff. Matt's older yeah, he, than he, Jeff. He, but Matt, <laughs> you know, um, I mean, Matt's own wife, Lisa, like if you go back and you listen to Lisa's Meet a Member, uh-huh. uh, when she first came to Shades Valley, uh, she thought Matt was a member of the youth group. Unbelievable. Like, I think he's just looked young his entire life. Unbelievable. But Some people just have great genes. You apparently. Know? What, what can you do? Anyway. Well, we uh, we actually have uh, a really special episode uh, of Shades Midweek for you this week. We recorded an interview. Um, and the way this came about, I mean, some things just, uh, just the Lord just providentially moves and it just yep. kind of happens. So yep. <clears throat> we get a fair amount of emails just whether it's from a random ministry or missionary or nonprofit. Well, you know, people will drop us lines all the time being like, hey, we'd love to, you know, but a lot of the time it's we'd love to ask you for money. Right. Um, but uh, but just share with you about our ministry or what have not. And I would say the overwhelming majority of the time, uh, those kinds of emails really, they don't, amount to anything yeah like sure. like you know maybe we email them back we give them some options and they never respond or or have not there's just uh, most of them just kind of fizzle out uh but john mark you received uh an email randomly from an organization that none of us had ever heard of um that's right called a r a that's abortion recovery alabama and none of us knew anything I had never heard of it before. Uh, uh, about this organization. So, I mean, we, we went on their website, yep. and we, we read about them and all that, but we just continued the conversation and ultimately invited them uh, to come and record a podcast episode, and that's the interview that we have for for you today. Now, before we play the interview, I do want to say um, that obviously this is a heavy topic in and of itself, uh, but beyond that, um, in the interview, you're going to hear a lot of personal story. Yeah. Um, you're going to hear a testimony. And so their uh, abortion is not the only heavy topic that gets touched on. So this might not be uh, a great episode for uh, young kiddos. Um, 
And for anyone that uh, has gone through any kind of sexual trauma or things, uh, I should let you know some of those kinds of things are touched on um, throughout the course of the episode. So just wanted to give that warning up at the the beginning so that you could make an informed decision as to whether or not you wanted to listen to the interview. I will tell you, um, I, do, I do think the the testimonies shared are extremely powerful. Yeah, 100%. Um, and, and really, really beautiful stories of gospel redemption. Um, but but did want to let everybody everybody know. So yeah, thank you for saying that. And uh, it was yeah, what a what a powerful interview. If you want to know more about Abortion Recovery Alabama, I'm going to put resources and website, Instagram, all that information will be in the show notes. So please go there. You should be able to click a link uh, in the episode description and go to wherever you need to go or copy it, paste that. We'll also post some information to our social media. Um, as well, if you want to find out more, we did have some emails today that we were going to read, but we're going to push those back to next week because this interview uh, was exceptional, exceptional, and we just wanted to get right into it. So uh, here's our interview uh, with some ladies from Abortion Recovery Alabama. Thanks so much for listening to Shades Midweek. We're really excited about the interview that we have today, and I just want to jump right in by letting our guests introduce themselves. Would both of y'all just let everybody know who we're going to talk to today? Okay. Well, I'm Heather Payne, and I've lived in Alabama all my life. I don't mind you knowing that I'm from Aniana, Alabama, which is a small <laughs> town, and um, my father was one of two bankers in the city. So, and I, I am a twin, so that kind of helped us stand out back in the 70s. Um, and so everybody knew who we were, and that is a part of my story. Um, having everybody know who I was, it mattered. So, um, and I'm uh, married to my best friend, and we have three girls who are adult children now. The youngest is 18. And Roll Tide Roll. She's down at the <laughs> University of Alabama. <laughs> you just, you don't know how many people, you like don't know how many people you just pleased. Congregation. Yeah. No, yeah. they're mostly RTRs. No, you, know, you, you, you pleased a lot. Of, I don't know. Where, if we, you know, shockingly, we're pretty split down the middle, yeah, I feel like. Yeah, pretty which is kind of rare. But, but, but staff <laughs> is, is, is heavy, heavy Auburn. Auburn. Is heavy Auburn, Good and and so we we take a lot of flack um, from the the Alabama fans, and there's been some some things specifically on the podcast recently. Uh, so I just played right into a lot, it. A lot oh, yeah. of Auburn. Talk. Oh, they'll all be very happy. I'll be very very. Well, happy. the other two girls attended different universities, so um, we're not totally RTR. Gotcha. But, awesome. Um, yeah. Awesome. Okay, yeah. Um, well, thank y'all so much for having us. Um, my name is Anastasia Cox. I'm currently the administrator for Abortion Recovery Alabama, so I get to work with Heather. It's amazing. Um, I am originally from Niagara Falls, New York, so I grew up right on the top, on the border of Canada, um, and then we moved to Georgia, and then I came here to go to school, and I recently just graduated. So, um, yeah, that's... Pretty much. Yeah, and so this is wild. We we just figured out Anastasia <laughs> and I just beforehand that we we have a little bit of a connection. Crazy. Um, but I didn't know until just this moment that you're from Niagara Falls, New York, yeah. which is the only place in the entire state of New York I have been to. Whoa, get out! No, it's true. I I went there in what year would that have been? That would have been like 2010. That's crazy. or so. I went there with a with a youth group I was leading at the time. No. Um, and and yeah, we were um. Only on the U.S. side yeah. of of Niagara Falls. So, but but that was awesome. But then when you moved to Georgia, you moved to Albany, Albany Georgia, which yeah. is like where my whole family, my <laughs> wife's family, crazy. is from, yeah. and all that's so that's that's. Wow. And now you're in Birmingham. Yeah, crazy. we're just we're following each other around. Apparently. <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah. Wow. Well, you both shared, um, or, or Anastasia, you did uh, a little bit of why you're here today. Yeah. So both of you work uh, for Abortion Recovery Alabama. Um, can you start by just telling us a little bit just about maybe how that organization began uh, and what it what it does? Yes. Um, I went through the class in 2009, and at that time, 
um, it, the class is forgiven and set free by Linda Cochran. And at that time, abortion recovery was through Shelby County Save a Life. And so I actually had my class there where Cindy Harless, the director of Abortion Recovery Alabama, um, she headed up the abortion recovery section of self, uh, Shelby County Save a Life. Okay. I think that was in place for um, seven, nine years, something like that. And then abortion recovery needed to be cut from their budget because they had a tight budget mm -hmm. at the time. And we kind of went out on our own and set up a nonprofit, the nonprofit organization, Abortion okay. Recovery Alabama. So I believe we started in 2010. Okay. And then to present. And I've been teaching since 2010 to the present time. Um, so how would you, if someone asked, uh, you just kind of like, what is Abortion Recovery Alabama, like as an organization, what, what do y'all do? Like, how would you kind of describe that? Is there kind of like one main thing or are there a couple of different uh, avenues of the well, work that y'all do? We're very um, transparent that we, it's a Bible study. Okay. So where we're coming from is focused on the Bible entirely. Um, I found out through my own experience with abortion and past, you know, post-abortion, that I didn't have the tools to help myself. Mm. For 19 years, I didn't, I was trying all kinds of different things, and it was only through God's Word that I found true healing. I had periods of okay time, you know, where I, I felt all right, but mostly um, I just, true healings from the Bible, and so we're real clear that that's, that's um, our base. But we um, have groups of four um, at the most, we will we will um, have the class with one woman if there's only one available, but up to four, and it's private, confidential, non-judgmental. Every person that's teaching um, has had an, at least you know at least one abortion, mm -hmm. and you know having taught for 13 years twice twice a year, I've heard a lot. Sure, you know so. What are the ways that like women come to connect and hear about uh, the Bible study that's offered and come to be involved? You said mm -hmm. that you teach twice a year, so is it is it kind of like on a, a schedule or? Yeah, fall and spring. Okay. So okay. we'll start a class at the end of August, and we'll start the last week of January, first of February, mm -hmm. and during the summer we're contacting women, we're raising funds because we are nonprofit. Right. Um. So it's really a year-round effort, but um, but we actually hold our 12-week classes twice a year. Um, what else did you ask me? Oh, just like, um, so uh, how, how do women, like, come to hear about the classes and become involved and, and those kinds of things? Mostly it's past participants, women who've okay. been through um, and find out that they're forgiven and set free. Mm -hmm. And newfound joy, the fullness of joy that God offers with forgiveness, mm. um, they just want to shout about it. Mm. And unfortunately, um, abortion is so prevalent that usually they know someone else who's had sure. an abortion. Sure. And mm. also, when we're forgiven and set free, it's amazing how we'll find ourselves in places as past participants or facilitators of the study in a situation where someone shares that they've had an abortion. Mm. I mean, God will put them in our path yeah. and make a way for us to make that connection to say that we've had an abortion or they'll tell us and, and, and we're off to the races. Mm. And then we do have a website, abortionrecoveryalabama.org, um, mm -hmm. um, that you can go on and fill out an application it's, I say an application, but really it's a form just letting us know where they are in the process sure, of sure. healing, what they need. Um, and so we get the form, and then we'll call them. Also, we're in churches. If churches will have us, um, we're trying to make ourselves more and more available um, to get out and speak. We'll speak to youth. We'll speak mm -hmm. to women's Sunday school classes. We'll speak to the entire church. Um, however... 
Go on a podcast. Go on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Tomorrow we'll be on Revocation Radio. There you go. Oh, yeah. Speaking. That. So, That's awesome. And then we'll be out at the March for Life on Saturday. Um, okay. We will, if if you can think it and we'll have us, we'll come and speak. Um, we're after, when I went through the class, I was after just one woman. Hmm. Just one like me. that I, um, You could look at her and wouldn't have any idea she'd had an abortion. And the Lord um, has been so good. He's been so good to bring woman after a woman. And um, it can be years later that I will have spoken somewhere. And a a woman will come through the class and say, well, actually, I heard this woman stand up. And, hey, she looks a lot like you. (laughs) And I'll say, well, where was it? And they say, there, that was me. And so we, um, at the age of, I'll be 54 in April, I'm kicking the doors in. I'm out there in the shopping. I'm not kidding. I'll talk to people in the um, in Walmart, at the driver's license division, um, just wherever God places me. I'll work at it. I'll listen for His voice, and I'll spit it out there if if He if He wants me to. So that's awesome. That's awesome, uh, Anastasia. How? Uh how did you come to be involved in yeah. uh, working with uh, with this organization? And, and kind of tell us a little bit about your role. Yeah. So we offer a, roughly two main classes. We have support after abortion, which is a smaller study. And then we have the forgiven and set free, which is 12 weeks. So I contacted um, Abortion Recovery Alabama probably like maybe like September of 2022 because I had served at their bank annual banquet like the summer of 2022. Okay. And so I was in college um, and I had just gone this relationship and I ended up getting pregnant and ended up having an abortion. And um, I really didn't really understand all the things that was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of people overlook like the effects of abortion and the consequences um, and they're really real. And I just really didn't didn't know what was going on. I had a lot of shame, a lot of guilt. And I didn't understand why, you know. Um, and I was a Christian at the time. But I was kind of just, like, really distant in my relationship with the Lord. And so, um, by his grace, I found Abortion Recovery Alabama and got connected with them. And so, went through support after abortion. Then went through the full length forgiven and set free of spring of 2022. Or no, of 2023. And after that, they asked me to speak at the next year's banquet. And then I applied for an administrative position and I went to school for business administration. So I was like, oh, well, I mean, I was like, I don't really know if that's for me, but I applied and the Lord kind of did it. After I finished um, Forgiven and Set Free, I didn't think that I would ever be involved with Abortion Recovery Alabama again. Mm. I mean, I knew they were a great organization. Sure. um, And of course, like I would refer people, I would talk about it, but you know, I didn't think that I would ever be on staff at all. So God's kind of funny like that. Right, right. But yeah. I, I, mean, I swore I'd never be a pastor. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great. Oh, yeah. No, it, the, the Lord has a wonderful sense of humor in that way. So, so your role right now is primarily administrative? Yes. Yeah, so I handle, you know, our paperwork. Um, I try to advertise. Like one of the ways we get to, we um, bring women in is through like our social media um, so I'll try to like, you know, post about just all the things that we're doing and, you know, a lot of paperwork because we're a small, we're a small compi- um, sure, organization. Sure. And so um, really, you know, whatever, whatever needs to be done, we kind of just get it done. Right. Yeah. Right. We definitely, we definitely understand oh, the, yes. the <laughs> aspect of being a smaller organization. And so you just kind of pick up whatever yeah. <laughs> needs to be done. We, we get it for sure. Um I'm curious for, for, for both of you, um, so going through uh, the class, mm-hmm. Forgiven and Set Free, um, is, that, is that the title of the, it, the class? It is, okay. Forgiven and Set Free. And with the focus on on Scripture, uh, you know, I'm curious for both of you, what maybe was either a moment in the class, just to give people kind of a, a sense of what it what it is and what, it, what it's mm-hmm. about, like what was maybe a moment in the class or a particular scripture or something like that that was impactful uh for you when you were going through the class um the second week of the class or let's say the third week actually is on the character of god it's our it's the best chapter there is Mm. and um i was going through the class myself and um was looking at the scripture and seeing that 
the Bible said that I could be forgiven. Mm-hmm. And I was mad about that. <laughs> I was like, I, I got to class and I said, um, I don't think the scripture applies to me. Um, I don't think I should be forgiven. And Cindy Harless said, um, we do, do you believe that the Bible's true? And I said, yes. And she said, well, you can't pick parts of the Bible to not be true for you. It either all has to be true or none of it can be true. And so when the Bible says there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, there are no parentheses that say except for women who've had sex, been in sexual sin and mm-hmm. have had an abortion. And when I realized there was no parentheses with, with that in it, the Bible included me. And that's really the moment that allowed me to understand that God is bigger and different than anybody I know, including myself. And when I thought that I couldn't, when I couldn't forgive myself, that I was putting myself on the throne. And that's blasphemy. You know, I, I couldn't believe that what I thought was more important than what God thought or that it was more true than what God's word said was true. So that's really it. Yeah. That's really the point. That's awesome. That's awesome. Anastasia, does anything come to mind for to you? <laughs> Immediately when you asked that question, I was like, oh, I know exactly what I'm going to say. Um, <laughs> I forgot what week it was. I want to say it was like probably um, after probably like week six okay. sometime. We were going through our lesson and we have different lessons for each week and um, just going back to like some of my abortion experience. So I was a Christian at the time I had an abortion. I'd gone into this relationship with this non-believer. And so, um, I was like a part of a church. I just stopped going to church. Like I kind of like had this kind of just drift. Right. And so, um, I had the abortion and I felt like after I had it, I was like, man, like, you know, Lord, how could you let me do that? Like, how could I do something like that? You know? Um, how could I really just kill my unborn child? And so going through the class, I just had this like ideology that like, you know, um, I just couldn't believe that God let me do that, you know, and he didn't give me like a way out of that. You know, he didn't, um, he was not there for that. He just kind of stepped back from me and like, let me kind of just make that decision. And, um, of course we have free will, but I was just like really having a hard time grasping, you know, just like how he allowed that to happen and the craziest thing before I had the abortion while I was pregnant um I had went to a pregnancy resource center right and there was this lady and I forgot her name but she was just really helpful she was just like you know um I mean she had to be a Christian because she was like you know um this is not something God wants for you to have an abortion you know there's resources there things there's things out there for you right and um I just kind of like was like, okay, yeah, like I hear what she's saying, but I don't kind of know. I was just like in a really weird headspace. And so going back, taking the class, fast forward to that time, um, I didn't think that God had given me an escape or like a way out. You know, I didn't think that God, um, you know, was there with me in that, you know, even though it was horrible and I sinned and I made that decision, like he was still there for me. Like he still even put people in my life to like give me another option, you know? And once I realized that I just kind of, it helped me to understand more of who God was, you know, cause I think I had this flawed view of him after that happened. Like, Oh, he's not good. And he's not, um, just there for me. And like, you know, but he was there, you know, it was my own sinfulness and my own like stubbornness that, um, cause that to happen so yeah it it sounds like you know just the that the the class is designed to just kind of meet each woman where she is with whatever effects she's carrying and bring the character of god and who he is to bear on that reality in order to to lift that like is is that is that close to getting at the the essence of, of the class? Like, how would you describe kind of what the class is designed to do for for women? Well, one of the main things um, that I've come to learn is that women, us in particular as a group, need to be heard and seen. Mm. And so one of the main things we do is we prepare to listen, really listen. Yeah. And allow them to say whatever, whatever's deep down there in the dark. And 
the class um, is designed to, it like moves through the grief stages because women who've had abortions and miscarriages, um, they wonder why, or they wonder, um, and and they grieve, but they don't feel like, particularly women who've had abortions, don't feel like they should be able to grieve. Mm. And so really it's a process of helping them understand in some cases that they are mothers. I mean, they were pregnant and it was a baby Mm -hmm. and it really is a process to get Mm -hmm. there. But um, to help them understand that they were mothers and that this is the place where they can recognize that they can understand fully what they did, but also understand greatly who God is and that he offers a way for forgiveness and then finally allow them um, to honor their baby um, and recognize their baby before the Lord and give him thanks. It's just something that we do within the class. Um, um, But it's a process. And one of the ways that we help them... um, get there is by using the five love languages um, Mm -hmm. because we don't know which way a woman feels loved Mm -hmm. so when they come in we have the table set beautifully and we provide a meal if it's a nighttime class we provide a meal Um, we have volunteers that make the meals and bring the meals ahead so they don't see the women Um, but um, they provide that and then we offer a gift each week that goes along with the lesson to help them. Um, it just reminds them of what right. we covered. Yeah. And also gifts are just, women just really respond to those. Um, we offer affirmation. The, the way for healing is through doing the homework, which involves a lot of um, de- digging in the Bible based on our um, Bible study book that we have, directs them to different places in the Bible. Um, and we... When they come to class and they've done their homework, we're proud of them. And we tell them, you know, this is hard. And we appreciate the hard work you've put in. We um, ask if it's okay if we hug them coming and going. Um, A lot, I found um, a lot of the women that have been through, many of us have been sexually abused. And so you want to be cautious about hugging. Um, But in the course of all of my years of teaching, I've had several times where the women received hugs, and it was later on in the group that I found out maybe my hug was the only one they received in a week. Mm. So, um, and then, um, so it's um, words of affirmation, gifts. Help me, Anastasia. Yeah. Physical yeah, touch. Physical, physical touch. touch. Um, quality time. Quality time. Yeah. Our class um, generally lasts three hours. Oh. Um, and we do we do a subject a night. One chapter is enough. So, But it takes us some time to allow women to, to share. Mm-hmm. Um, and we allow that time because that's where a lot of the healing comes from. Right. And we learn a lot from each other sitting across the table so we want to allow enough time to share share Um, and then one of the best parts of the study is that we commit to praying for each other so for 12 weeks I tell the women I said when have you had five other women praying for you for 12 weeks so at the end of each class we'll take prayer requests and we disperse them and we pray for each other um, through the week and when the weeks are hard, because we are digging through hard things, right. um, we get reports back from the women, well, you know, I really, it was so hard, I wasn't sure I was going to be able to come back. It was really hard for me to come back, but I remembered that you gave me a gift, <laughs> and I wanted to see what the gift was. <laughs> I remember right, that right. I've had some pretty good food, and I really <laughs> wanted to come see what the volunteer made, and then... I only receive one hug in a week, and I'm coming back for my hug. And then um, so many of us have low self-esteem. So us coming in and having done our homework and getting a pat on the back or a way to go, girl, you finished your homework, that will bring the ladies back. 
And then the last thing is knowing that the women, the other women around the table, are also doing their homework in a week, and she's coming back. And I've got to go because she's going to be there. Yeah. As, I, as I listen to y'all talk, um, I'm curious, are, are there any um, anonymous stories uh, that you can share about some of the women that the organization has helped uh, over the years? Uh, any particular stories come to mind? Um, I saw one of, I call them my ladies. Uh-huh. I saw one of my ladies yesterday, and her story really, I've, um, she was abused starting at age four from a neighbor down the street. And um, then there was some family abuse after that. And she ended up getting pregnant, and not from a family member, but from another person that had abused her. And she said, I was always a disappointment, so I just kept doing disappointing things, is how she described herself. And um, each week, um, the way that she kind of encouraged herself, um, she would have everything match. It makes me smile because her pen would be purple and her shirt would be purple and her (laughs) notebook was purple. And, you know, and all of that. um, And coming to class, she... She just, she found out that she was enough. She was enough sitting in the room with other women who'd walked the road she'd walked. She was enough from scripture. If the sun sets you free, you're free indeed. And if, um, if you know the Lord, then you're an heir to the kingdom and you're a princess and you lack for nothing. And when you bring your things to the cross, he says, Confess it, and I will wash you white as snow. Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, I will wash them white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be made like wool. And she became pure. She knew that she was clean and washed Mm -hmm. white as snow. And she stepped out of that class with power and with confidence and moved back into serving women. She'd been in a... um, group that served women, and she moved back into serving women with more strength and power and ability to help women with even the area of abortion and found a lot of um, sexual abuse healing in the class too, just knowing that she was um, enough. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Anastasia, any particular stories? Hmm, wow well you know i'm very new to this so sure um, sure there's no pressure yeah i will say though so we do host a virtual class um, okay and so right now we have um well we're kind of like about to start our forgiven and set free so our full 12 weeks um and so that's really exciting but um i think the best thing was just like i got to speak with the late a woman um she's like around my age she's like 20 I don't remember but she's like early 20s you know and um you know she had a similar story to me like she's she was in college and she had her abortion and um you know that was kind of like the first kind of like class that I really got to like teach and I just think that's so crazy because um we are so similar like in our circumstances and like just kind of like the spaces we were at when we had an abortion and I just think that's really kind of <laughs> cool a little bit. Um, I do want to add, though, something that Heather was saying. Um, another thing that we do in our classes is we share the gospel. Mm-hmm. And so, like, if someone comes in and they're not a Christian or a believer, like, mm-hmm. um, we do incorporate that. We take, like, a whole lesson to do that, um, just to see where everyone's at and, like, just to really, like, yeah, just evangelize, which I think is a really cool aspect, too, because... I mean, true healing really can't happen outside of Jesus. And so if someone does come in, it's like, you know, that's our, our focus. So, yeah. 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 
well, yeah, I mean, everything that y'all have talked about has just been so gospel centric, <laughs> you know, I mean, and that's where, that's where the power of that message comes from, you know, like, I mean, even just going back to that really powerful moment uh, for you, Heather, of there is now therefore no condemnation. Like you don't get that without the, for those in Christ Jesus. Right. Right. You know, and so that's where that power comes from. Mm -hmm. Um, Who the sun sets free is free indeed. Right. right. And so, yeah, that's just, that's absolutely beautiful. Um, If, if someone from our church wanted to get more involved with the organization, um, I know uh, that specifically you mentioned um, only people who have walked the road of having mm-hmm. had an abortion like facilitate those classes, and that makes absolute perfect sense. Are there other roles that maybe someone who hasn't walked that road, if they wanted to be involved in helping, are there other volunteer positions or roles or things that people could, could get involved with? Yeah, I mean, oh, there's so much. So um, we one of our biggest events of the year is our annual banquet that we um, host. And we use volunteers for that, um, mm-hmm. setting up, getting everything ready, um, and just making sure it's a really good event. Um, we have, like, things throughout the year. So, like, um, our Christmas parties, or we have, like, you know, even – volunteers that bring our food every week for 12 weeks right. um, mm-hmm. for every class. That's a, that's a big responsibility. Um, we also, you know, we are a nonprofit. And so, you know, if God has given you the spiritual gift to allocate funds, right. that would be right. dope. You <laughs> know, we, we can use that. Um, and, you know, we have newsletters, um, even like our March for Life, you know, even standing with us, um, whatever, in whatever way you feel called, um, I mean, we have a website. I think there's like a few. If you fill out like a volunteer application form okay. on our website, abortion recovery or no, it's actually arahelps.com, um, and that should have like a lot more information. Yeah, we can yeah. we can put a link to that. Oh, great! Um, awesome. In the in the show notes um, for for this episode. So, but there's a place there yeah. for someone to fill out and inquire so. about more information mm-hmm. about yeah. volunteering. What are um. Well, before I ask kind of the, the last question that I have, um, is there anything uh, that I didn't ask about um, that y'all would want to share about? Any last stories? Anything like that? Um, if you don't mind, yeah. I really feel God prompting me, the Holy Spirit prompting me to share my testimony. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, okay, so I did grow up in Aniana, Alabama. I am a twin, and... When you have a twin, that means something. I mean, you've got a buddy to do things with um, your whole life. And it, it is a girl. And um, so when I was 15, we were very close, but when I was 15, I was dating a guy. And um, he, he told me one day that um, he wanted to have sex with me. And I said, you know what, I'm, I'm not in for that. And he said, well, I'll find somebody else. And I said, that's fine with me. He was two years older than me. And then a week later, he said, oh, don't worry. I said that, but I didn't really mean it. And I don't know how long it was, but um, we were at a pep rally. I was a cheerleader. He was a football player. And he gave me a ride home, and he um, pulled off, and um, he raped me. And I didn't know what to do with that. Um, I was 15, and I thought he had to marry me. I, was, I had been in church all my life up to that point, and what I knew about my body was that that gift was for my husband, and it had been ripped from me in a moment. And so I thought he had to marry me. He didn't say that, but that's what I thought. And instead of telling anyone, I, I stayed with him. And when I say stay with him, maybe that's a 53-year-old term of I continued to date him. Right. Um, over a period of time, I'll say that um, after the point of being raped, my mind just kind of stayed in a confusion about time. And I didn't drink and I didn't do drugs. It was really related to having been through that trauma and mm. then staying with the person that had committed the trauma. Um, so I, I stayed with him for a time. 
um, until one night um, I was with him and he took a phone call from a girl that I knew from home and he talked to her like I wasn't there. And I thought to myself, well, I don't love him. How could I love someone who treats me the way he did and does and he doesn't love me? Because he does treat me <laughs> not well, and here he is taking a con phone call and acting like I'm not here. So I broke up with him, and by this time, I was in college, or shortly after that, I was in college, and I started dating a guy, um, and he was a really nice guy, and I told him pretty soon what had happened to me, hoping that he could um, help us not to go down the same path. Um, but my, my body already knew, um, about those things. And the Bible says in Song of Solomon, Solomon, don't awaken love before it's time. I'm not really good with references. I need to learn my references, but, um, anyway, and that's true. Don't awaken love before it's time. Um, so we found ourselves in a sexual relationship and I became pregnant and I thought, to myself, my boyfriend when I was 15 was my first bad choice, and this is my second bad choice, being um, attached to this guy, and um, I didn't really allow myself to think that what was inside of me was a baby, even though I knew, I had to know, you know. But I didn't really allow myself to think that. I drove to a, a drugstore that I'd never been to and would never go back to. And I say that because um, women who've walked my road recognize that. I say, uh-huh. I know you, sister. That was me. I went to that drugstore, that drugstore in quotation marks, that I would never go back to. And... um. So I, I didn't want to tell my parents. I talked to my older sister about my situation, and she ended up telling my parents, and they wanted to talk to me, and I found myself with them, and they were extremely disappointed. And like I said, I was from a small town, and they were well-known, and I was well-known, and I didn't want people to think I was... You know, people thought I was a good girl. You know, people thought I had it all going on. And if you look back, it looked like I, I was, um, you know, one of the top ten seniors. I was prom queen. I was second alternate in homecoming court. I was head cheerleader. I mean, I can, I can just roll off the things. And people thought I had it going on, but I was living two lives, you know, I was trying to keep it together, and so my parents, um, they didn't tell me that I should have an abortion, but they were like, hey, you got, you're at college, you, you're, things are rolling, you know, and we'll support you either way. My mom ended up taking me to the clinic, and um, I'll tell you that being in the room they put us in a small room um, after we'd changed clothes into a gown that you'd wear for surgery. They put us in a small room, and there were like, I don't know, 10 other women in there and a little television in the corner, and they were talking about what medicine they'd given them, you know, that the doctor had given them or the nurse or whatever. And um, um, I, w I don't even remember taking anything. And... They called my name, and I went in the room, and I was looking into the face of a man I'd never seen before, didn't ask any medical credentials. I don't even know if he was a doctor. And I tell women that come in the class, I say, when have we ever gone for a procedure where we didn't know if the person was a doctor or not? We didn't ask any questions. And I'm on the table, and I'm crying, and I'm wondering how I got here, and I knew that I was different. I'd been carried into hell, basically, 
even though I carried myself. You know, I, I walked on two, two legs. And that I would never be the same again. I knew that in that moment. And after that, um, my mom was driving me home, and she pulled off at a payphone. Yes, I'm old enough for there, there to have been payphones. And she said, I want you to call the boy and tell him. She called his name. She didn't call him the boy. Um, and tell him that you're fine. And then, y'all, my parents never talked about it again. It was like nothing ever happened. Now, they were so kind, and we, we ended up taking a trip, and they were so sweet to me, but it was like nothing had ever happened, but I was changed. And um, I met my now husband, and second date, I told him, hey, I've been raped, I've had an abortion, and there are so many women out there that don't have the backpack I'm carrying, and you'd be much better off with one of them. And he looked at me, and he said, I'm not judging you, and I already love you. And so... He told me years later, 19 years later, when I found Abortion Recovery Alabama, and, or Abortion Recovery through Shelby Save a Life, and I wanted to take the class, he said, I thought that when I told you that I wasn't judging you, and then when we got married, he said, I thought that that made everything better. And I said, it made it better. But for 19 years, I've been hearing the voices in my head, and, and really back to age 15, I've been hearing the voices in my head that said, you're dirty, you're useless, you're less. God will never love you again. You have nothing to offer him. Um, and he was very supportive of me coming through the class. And... Um, and then at the end of the class, I told you about the character of God lesson. And toward the end of the class, I, I don't hear the Lord inside me. You know, I just, I knew, I had a knowing that he, he wanted to use me. And he said the name of my church that I was attending in my head, or I heard it. And um, I was like, Lord, that's too big. And and then I finished the class. I just wanted to help one woman. I needed a reference for teaching. And so I sent a letter to my pastor, and my pastor said, of course I'll fill out the reference. And I said, um, well, thank you. I said, but I hadn't told him I'd had an abortion. So I wrote him again. I said, um, and actually, if you don't mind, it was Pastor Reader. And uh he said, I'd like for you to come into my office. And so I sat with him, and he said, um, I'd like for you to speak on Sanctity of Life Sunday, which was a month away. <laughs> and I said, Pastor Reader, I already know God's called me to do it. And I said, I'll talk to my husband and make sure it's okay with him. And if the Holy Spirit will stand me up, I'll do it. Because I hadn't told anyone. And we'd been in the church three years I hadn't told anyone, so I was going to stand up in front of 5,000 people over two services, you know, but I knew God had called me to do it, and so I tell, I have three daughters, I told you, and I, I told my daughters since, you know, um, as early as I could that God has a big plan and a big purpose for each of us, and we don't know what it is. But if we look to him, he'll show us, and he'll, he'll tell us, and he'll show us, and direct our path. And at um, 39 was when I went through the class. I had no idea. The very thing that I thought I would never talk about again, mm. I'll shout about it now because it's my story for his glory. I mean, he's everything. He brought me out of a miry pit out into a spacious place. And I will shout about it. I will not be silent.
because it's all due to him. Thank you so much for sharing and the, story. I guess the thing I want to tell women, too, it doesn't matter what your age is. We just had a lady go through 80 years old. Oh, wow. And wow. she is she's on fire. She's <laughs> going to train this spring. I'm going to train her to, to teach That's incredible. this spring. She's like, I'm saying I'm 54 and I'm kicking the doors in. She's saying I'm 80. <laughs> and I'm going to be about it. So you can be yeah, 21, yeah. which she's 22 now, yeah. or you can be 80 or above. Mm. The Lord, the Lord has a plan, and he will, he will use you. Yeah, yeah, that's incredible. Um, that's just such a beautiful story of redemption, you know, I, I love the, the power of the gospel to bring life out of death, to reach into the places of pain and hurt in our lives and turn those specifically, those places specifically into testimonies of the power of God. Um, <coughs> Brad and I, uh, Brad, Brad is our associate pastor who couldn't be with us today because he's a little bit under the weather. Uh, but he and I have talked uh, several times. And I don't remember the first place that turned us on to this idea. I do. It was a Gavin Ortland book. Of course it was an Ortland book. <laughs> um, but uh, we've talked several times about uh, the scars in Jesus' hands. And that being representative of like what the Lord does you know, with all of our scars and places of pain. Uh, in that those scars, like like Christ keeps those on the other side of redemption, like in his glorified body, but they're no longer testimonies to death. They're testimonies to life and to yeah. the power of God yeah. to overcome. That's just beautiful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and that's just what I was thinking about, you know, as you're sharing your story. Yeah. And so thank you so much. Um, I want to say, too, um, I've had ladies come in, uh, one in particular, and she looked around the room and she said, y'all don't look like you came from a trailer park. And I went, oh. <laughs> you know, oh, oh my goodness, you know. Um, but her story was she lived in a trailer park. And the things that happened to her she felt like someone who lived in a trailer park, you know, with quotation marks. Um, we all know that people who live in a trailer park are no different than all the other people. We all get up, we all put on our skirt or our shirt, and we walk out the door to do the things that we're supposed to do that day. But the reason why I bring that up is you don't know who she is. I don't know who she is. No one I know would have suspected that, I'd, that I had had an abortion by looking at me. Um, and so I just want to challenge your congregation. I want to challenge um, your staff. Just, you know, really the times that I look the most put together, you might want to ask me what's going on. Because mm. yeah. <laughs> usually I'm dressing up to cover something, mm. you know. And so we've had pastor's wives. We've had, we have had a couple of prostitutes. Um, we've had teachers. We've had students. I mean, all manner of life. Right. Women coming out of every circumstance and every vocation. I can't say every because I've only been doing it for 13 years. But um, Yeah, I do just want to add to that too, like um, – it takes two people to create a child, you know? So men also need abortion recovery as well, and we actually do offer a men's class for anyone yeah. um, that is interested or wants to take it, but I feel like that's often overlooked a lot too. But that's a good point. Like sure. We're yeah. actually just getting started with the men's class. Okay. Men, you know, you know this as a man. <laughs> um, you know, it takes a lot for men to show up for... We're basically offering very close to the same thing that we do for women. Sure. And many men hearing that don't think they want to sit down for that amount of time for that many weeks. Right, right. Um, but again, 
they've also carried this for, you know, however long they have and suffered. So we're just, we say 12 weeks sounds like a lot, but really that's a very short amount of time um, based on how many years you've carried your thing. Right. And thank you all so much just for sharing your story, for coming, for sharing about your organization. Like I just, I, I love the, the work that y'all are doing. It's just beautiful gospel work. And I think that most of the time, I, I mean, this confession from, from myself right here, I think that most of the time when Christians think about the ways in which Christians are engaging uh, with this particular issue, we're thinking on the front end mm, of like right. uh, wh- whether it's pregnancy crisis care or, or prevention or, or uh, education or, or whatever. But the work that y'all are doing in this recovery, like meeting people where they are with the gospel, it's just, it's, it's really beautiful. And, and I think really unique too, as far as amongst ministries I've interacted with and heard about. And so what are, what are some ways uh, maybe here at the end, we could talk about of ways we could pray for uh, your organization. Can I say one other thing that occurred? Um, I've talked about, um, you know, well, you see Anastasia and I are doing abortion recovery work, but all of those women that have been through the class go back out into their families. They have heard the gospel. Most have know him, receive him, and know that they're forgiven and set free. I think over the 13 years, I've had four women for different reasons. Usually, I had to learn I couldn't push women into the class. They have to want to go through. I can't want it more than they do. And then the mental, mentally, they needed something more than I could do. Um, so those women go back into their families and they're bet they're better mothers, they're better wives, they're better employees, and they also because they're free, they're able to serve people. They're not staying in their houses or you know being closed off from others. They're excited about being a part of the community again. So it's not just healing in them. It, it outpours to our communities yeah. and to churches and so That's forth. Awesome. Yeah. That's good. Well, what are some ways that we could, could pray for y'all? Yeah. I mean, thanks so much for asking that. Um, so as y'all know, well, I think I emailed some, I think it was. It's probably um, Jamal. Yeah. 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 It was me. Um, Sydney actually recently just had knee surgery. Mm-hmm. So we're just praying that, you know, she recovers really well. And, and, and Sydney is the. Uh, yeah, our founder. The founder. Yeah. yeah. Cindy Harless. Uh-huh. Cindy Harless. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're, you know, she's she's a fighter. Though. She's doing really good. But, yeah, if you can be praying for that. Um, we're about to start a new forgiven and set free class. And so just pray these women in. Like, pray that women and whoever would need to get connected to us. Um, take the class. Um, that's usually a big thing once we like start a new, a new semester. Um, we actually just transferred building. Well, not like we're about to transfer into our new building, um, and so we had to move. Well, we have to move, and you know just all the costs associated with that, and all the resources, the movers. Um, that's just it's a big thing going on right now, and um, yeah, just. Overall, just the that these women um, that go through our spring class would really God would just continue to work and continue to do what He's He's been doing and to strengthen us and to protect us. So yeah. that spring class will it be one single class or will there be multiple groups that run alongside or just we just ha- depend on have, how many women you um, have? About eight locations. Okay. Yeah. Now well. challenge me to say them out loud. Um, <laughs> but we we That's have. Okay. Um, but if you co- if you contact us, mm-hmm. we will give you every location, and yeah. we do like to be confidential, even right. about where we meet. Yeah, right. Of course. Um, I, I forget, um, but I was nervous about parking behind the church. Well, actually, um, I was at the Save a Life, but I was sure somebody would recognize my car and just know that I was there for abortion recovery. So we don't tell the different locations, but we have eight. Um, and we hope to fill everyone with four women. Mm-hmm. And then we'll have um, at least one virtual class. At least one, yeah. Because Cindy is down, um, 
she's not able to teach this time. So mm-hmm. we're having to, but we hope to offer a virtual class. And yeah. then if men are interested. Yeah. Um, so that's well. like, like almost 10 mm-hmm. or yeah. more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I am the facilitator coordinator. So I get all of the gift boxes ready, the document boxes mm-hmm. ready, make sure the facilitators have everything that they need. Um, so that's, I love my job. Oh, yeah. And I don't know if this was like inferred, but everything is free too. Like all of our Thank services are completely free. Yeah. yeah. Wow. wow. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, just thank y'all so much for coming yeah. and for sharing. And uh, could, could we close just by praying for y'all? I'd Absolutely. love for you to pray for us. <laughs> so, <coughs> Father, I am just, I'm so grateful for both of my sisters here today, uh, for Heather and Anastasia. And I'm so grateful for uh, the women uh, that they represent just for this ministry. And Lord, we pray your blessing and provision uh, over uh, Abortion Recovery Alabama. Uh, financial provision in meeting their needs uh, as they transfer facilities and uh, have to cover all of these costs of facilitating these classes. Uh, but even more than that, we just pray for the provision of your presence just over every uh, woman that's about to enter into these these classes. Uh, we pray against the enemy's efforts to uh, prevent them yes, uh, from coming, from, from uh, whether that's out of fear or, or, or whatever, or shame. Uh, and we just pray that your gospel light would break through in their lives in a powerful way um, and they would experience your forgiveness. They would experience the freedom that only comes through your son, Jesus. And that that would just have a trickle-out effect uh, in their life. We thank you so much uh, just for the the beautiful work uh, of um, Abortion Recovery Alabama. And just, uh, yeah, pray your blessing over them. We pray these things in the name of your Son, Fire Spirit. Amen. 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 Thank Thank you all again. Yeah, thank you so much.